Jello. Welcome to the Wet Bandits Podcast. I'd like everybody to know that my wife just texted me as the opening song was going on and said that my daughter is ripping farts in the tub constantly. Hopefully, I make the same joke a lot, but when she's running for president, hopefully no one finds this podcast and uses that against her. Welcome to the Wet Bandits podcast again. This is a podcast that now focuses on discographies of 90s bands. We use the 90s band relatively loosely. Our first miniseries was on Tenacious D, which we justified as being a 90s band because they were created in the 90s. Um, I just found out that their first feature, they were in a feature film called Biodome. Are you familiar with Biodome? No, I, d- I knew, I'm familiar with the, it's a Pauly Shore movie. Uh-huh. So I know the movie, but I didn't know Tenacious D was in it. And you can find pictures of them. They're like skinny. Both of them. <laughs> Both of them are skinny. And let me tell you, skinny Tenacious D, probably not as funny as fat Tenacious D. Big fan of fat Tenacious Gain D. Gain 40 pounds and be, be the, the next, next Tenacious D. D. <laughs> See, they couldn't have done that joke. Yeah. They couldn't have done that joke <laughs> if they were skinny Tenacious D from Biodome. So that's what, that's what we do. Uh, don't forget... As always, with every, practically every episode, but we're trying to slow it down to every miniseries. Uh, we've got we've got multiple hashtags we need you guys to follow uh, and to post with. Rip them off. Yeah, Richard Patrick, hashtag human clay not gourmet, thumbs down to the ground, climax of the song, climax of your dong, five high fives, five stars only, and the tenuous hashtag cooking with gas that we like, but we're not sure that one's going to catch on, but... We're following all of them. We're going to... We could do something about that. We could. We need to do it more yeah. often. Yeah. And we need to get KG. KG we need to like cook some show. eggs or something. <laughs> with with <laughs> gas. Yeah. Uh, so, Sizzle. Yes. So, and also the last bit of housekeeping. I'm roaring through housekeeping today. Yeah. Last bit of housekeeping, you assholes, don't forget to rate. rate for- no, subscribe, rate, review. In that order. Subscribe first. Hit that subscribe button. Then, rate us five stars only. That's why the hashtag is five stars only. Five stars. You guys are catching on to that. All our reviews are five stars, which is good. And sometimes you reference five stars only, which I like a lot. And then, if you want to review us, feel free to rip the shit out of us. Like, you guys suck. I gave you five stars because you told me to. Dude, I like the comments. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Even if they're like, dude, you guys are... tools (laughs) yeah you guys are tools but can't can't deny the five stars um so the we recorded our last episode only five days ago and i haven't checked for new reviews sorry guys but i promise next episode i will have checked for new reviews. maybe they stockpiled yeah hopefully hopefully they're all waiting to release there's like tons of reviews right right just like did you watch those fire festival documentaries yeah, yeah, like when yeah. they organize those social media yeah. influencers to post the orange square all at the same time. That's what our listeners are doing. They're getting ready to post um, the band like, ahead. Yeah, yeah, ten thousand five star yeah. reviews all at the same time. We tear down the Apple <laughs> iTunes servers. 
podcast servers. That probably wouldn't do that. But, you know, still a nice thought. Yeah. Yeah. So do all that stuff, you guys. Do it. Okay. Um, Little serious note. Thank you. To keep you up to date on, because I like stats. I imagine you guys like stats too. Um, So we, we are, every month we've been climbing in downloads, which is the goal of a podcast, at least a goal of a podcast. And this month we only have four episodes, whereas last month we had five. And that was our most, it was our most downloads by far last month. We have already passed, we are already in second place for most downloads in a month for this podcast. And it's only, we're only at August 21st. Mm-hmm. So with well over a week left, we're already second. And I think we're going to pass last month that, that's that had awesome. an extra episode. So that yeah. in an unfair fight, we're going to do it again. <laughs> Underdogs. At, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but I think we're going to do it. So Knock on the plastic. <laughs> thank you guys for list listening. All right? Thank you. Okay? On to the episode. This week, well, this series, we're talking about Tool. As we lead up to something Sam and I are both, we mentioned last week, at a lukewarm level of excitement for Tool's new album, <laughs> Fear Inoculum. Yeah. Uh, this is the last album that Tool recorded, 10,000 Days. That's so what f- we're talking about. I feel like this excitement, like people are putting the burner on. Yeah. And it's just kind of, the water's warm. But next week, man, the water's going to start bubbling and people are going to be like, oh, man. Right. I definitely want to qualify what I just said about how we have a tepid level of excitement, a lukewarm level of excitement. What I mean by that is we actually rated our level of excitement last week. Oh, yeah. And and we both gave it like seven or eight eight out of ten. And the reason wasn't because we're not excited. It's, It's because I have a level of nervousness about it that it's, you know, Tool's my fourth favorite band. So, like, there's a lot riding on this for me. The first album they've put out in uh, 16 years, right? Dude, no, there's seven years. songs on it. Right. And I think if you buy, like, something, the digital or the CD, you get, like, the three, uh, kind of like the 30-second uh, um, interlude kind of yeah. things. It's Yeah. So, it's a level of nervousness. It's a level of, like trepidation so it's more it's not tool is such an unknown unknown quantity to everyone i mean yeah if if you live and die by tool which i don't but if you live and die by tool i can see why your excitement would be at a 10 obviously but for me i am excited but and actually listening to Ten Thousand days i'm more excited than i was up until this point so let's just get to it but first a little bit of background which we'd like to do now the date was May 2nd, 2006. This was the release date for 10,000 Days. All right? The number one album in its week of release was 10,000 Days. No surprise. Uh, the number one album when Lateralis was released was Lateralis. So Tool is popular enough. A cult... It's not even a cult following when it's that big. Dude, they're going to break the system when this record comes yeah, out. <laughs> it is going to be... I mean, it will be number yeah, one. It, I don't... It'll be interesting to see like how many physical albums will sell versus yeah. every other physical yeah. album because the the packaging they're doing it with and all the cool extras that come with it like it'll be really interesting to see you know it, I I hope someone looks back and says when was the last time this wouldn't 
have been number one. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because, like, for example, 10,000 Days sold, I think, uh, 500,000 copies or in that neighborhood in the first week. What year is 10,000 Days? 2006. Okay. But, like, uh, Versus sold a million in its first week. Oh, really? Like, in 1994. It, it was, like, 980,000. But that's Pearl Jam's second album, and right. 10 was crazy. Right. And at the time, that was the highest selling week yeah. ever. Um, but anyway, my, my point being, I wonder how far back this will go. Cause I think you're right. I think for a $45 CD, the sales are going to be like astronomical. All the pre-sales are sold out. I can't find any pre-sales that oh, have really? anything. Dude, yeah. there's going to be like a line. I know we were talking about this. Yeah. I was like, are you going to go at midnight to a store? And you were like, is that a thing? And I was like, yeah, it was a thing when I uh. was in school. I actually went, I was going to tell you, when Allison Chains got the new singer and released their new album, I think, I don't know if I was out of college, but I actually went to Walmart to get it at midnight. Yeah. And I think I, everybody thought I was an idiot because I was the only person at any rec place that sold CDs to get it at midnight. And I think I went to Walmart cause that's like the only 24 hour place that also sold CDs. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously I'm not shopping for CDs at Walmart, but like yeah. nowhere else was open. So I, and I had to get it right then. Um, but yeah, how, that, how was that show, thing. man? Oh yeah, I went to Allison Chains yeah. this weekend. Um, it was good. It was hotter than hell. Like, it was actually a nice night, but it was probably you know high mid eighties. Uh-huh. And once you were in the, we had good seats. We were sixth row. Um, but once you were like in that pavilion and there was no air moving around you, it was hot as hell. Yeah, it was not the best Allison Chains show I've seen. Jerry was in a funk. Mm-hmm. Dude, Jerry reminds me of me. And I'm not saying that because I love Allison Chains. Yeah. But like when Jerry gets pissed off on stage, he lets you know. Like you can tell. He's like he gets he's just a grump. He's just a grump on stage when he gets pissed. Um the other thing I think I've told you about Jerry Cantrell before is that he purposely drags tempos. Per like noticeably. Like and he was screwing up a lot. Um it was not his best night. Mm-hmm. Wasn't singing well. Was dragging temp, dropping anchor like crazy. And it sounds bad. I don't know why he does it. The only argument I could make, and actually it was Corinne, my wife, who who made this point, is that maybe that's part of Allison Chain's sound. And I, that's arguable because their their whole thing is like slow and yeah. judgy. They yeah. slow, temp, every tempo is slowed down live, which uh-huh. is like the opposite of what most live bands do. Yeah, most yeah. live bands right. pick it up like a little rage. bit. Like rage? Yeah. They play everything slower, uh-huh. and their songs are already slow. Yeah. So, like, but, man, William Duvall, who's, sing, who's their singer now, is really good. Uh-huh. And, and you uh, have an autograph yeah, from him, right? Yeah, Yep. Uh, but uh, the mix wasn't good either. Mm. The mix was, like, William maybe, Duvall. Maybe that's why he was pissed. He's just probably. Like, yeah, you know. Probably. William Guitar. William Guitar's. William Guitar. William Duvall's guitar was barely audible. Like Jerry's guitar was the only guitar you could hear. So when he would play a solo, a lot of the volume would drop because Jerry's guitar volume would drop. Um, and the few times where William Duvall was playing guitar by himself, you could barely hear anything. Mm. And the reverse was true of their voices. Even though Jerry sings lead 40% of the time, his mic was much quieter. So like when he had to sing lead, you could barely hear it. Um, Who sings Man in the Box now? William Duvall. Yeah. He's good at it. Who sings uh, Nutshell? William Duvall. Nut, them Bones? William Duvall. What's Jerry sing? 
Jerry sings. Well, they sing the same. Like Lane used to sing. You just named all the songs that Lane sings. Oh, okay. So Jerry sings. Um, like no excuses. Jerry oh, sings yeah. the verse. So like when you hear it's all right, there comes a time. Uh-huh. All the like more, uh, the more, like smoother vocals. Those are Jerry. Yeah. So, um, so like no excuses is Jerry. Um, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my Sludge head. Factory is definitely yeah. Wayne Duvall. Um, yeah. Oh, what a great song that is. So um, you said that was the hidden gem when I texted you. Yeah. And so how many shows have you been to? I think someone asked me this earlier. I'm looking up the set list from that night. Um, I think I've seen them five times. And how many times have they played Sludge Factory? I honestly can't remember. It's at most, it's at least obviously once because I just saw it at most twice. Oh, really? So it's a pretty deep track. Yeah. Yeah, it's deep. That's for badass. A con- I, I turned when they played it. I turned to Corinne and I said, "This is a deep track." And, and that's what you you like that song a lot, right? Oh yeah, yeah, love it. Um, Wood is another one that's like a Jerry song. Oh okay. So like uh, when it's like no pain broken by like that's Jerry uh-huh. until the by my master like that's yeah. Lane going by my master and then the chorus is Lane yeah. like into the flood again so uh, a, a lot of the older stuff is Lane doing leads and a lot of the newer stuff is Jerry doing lead vocals which is partly so, why um, it's not as good do you, do you think that Lane and Jerry were like just bros and are they do, do you like, think when the album (laughs) we'll never stop the tenacious d jokes never never i don't think so no so you were saying uh do you think that they were bros yeah i mean do you think they were like the mick and keith or do you think they just like uh because it they pretty much sing songs in half from what you're saying i i from what i've read i've read my fair share of allison chain's articles and books and from what i've read Lane could get along with anybody. Uh-huh. Like Lane was kind of like the guy that everyone liked and was nice to everybody and was the outside the box thinker. And Jerry is a pain in everyone's ass is kind of what I've heard. I mean, I, God forbid Jerry would ever hear this. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry come on get the on the show. The show. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love Jerry Cantrell and, and what could I, I am, I understand a scenario where someone who is very driven and very good at what they do yeah. could come. Michael Jordan is, I'm not saying Jerry Cantrell is the Michael Jordan of guitar, but like people didn't like Michael Jordan. He's a pain in people's ass because he's driven, he's good. And he tries to get everybody else to rise up to his level. I could see a scenario where people don't like Jerry because he's like pushing too hard. Uh-huh. But, and a lot of it is kind of what he, that he's sounds like. like. The, uh, Guys, we got to do that this way. Unfortunately, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. He's like right. he knows. Well, he's the main songwriter yeah. too, so he's kind of telling people what. And Lane's to do. probably like a little more experimental. Yes. Probably, and he's like, hundred oh, percent. You know. Yeah, and then you've got these other two guys who are more or less taking orders. Yeah. Um, and one of them was Mike Starr, who, rest his soul, is dead. He was their original bass player. He was kicked out before he died, though. Like he only he did died recently, but he was kicked out in like '94. Mm. Um, he uh, he was kind of a 
good-looking guy, like a playboy for the band. And the rumor was always that Jerry kicked him out because Mike got all the girls, which I think is bull. Yeah, I don't think Jerry's in it for the chicks. He one of first of all, no, he's not. Yeah. Second of all, I'm sure he could get his fair share yeah, of women. Right. <laughs> he didn't yeah. need Mike Starr kicked out of the band so that he could get girls. Um, but I think you're right. So, so, and what that tells me is that we're probably more on the right track. It was something. It's something a little less tangible. You know, he rubs people the wrong way, but. It's for reasons that you can't call him. You can't be mad at him for being driven and wanting you to, you know, writing songs and wanting you to do them the way he likes it. Like, how could you be mad about that? Mm -hmm. Um, So you got to make up some. Well, you know, he wasn't getting the chicks or whatever, you know. Dude, we're getting chicks, dude. Yeah. So, but this episode isn't about Allison Chains, dude. This but that is was a good. Tool. That was a good discussion. It dude. was, and now we're about to have another good discussion dude. before we get into Ten Thousand Days. Because last week you asked me. You were like, hey, oh, what? Um, we were talking about what an evolution tool went through. And you Dude. were like, hey, let's talk about your evolution. And like, do you like, ever yeah. see those, like, memes of, like, the brain? And then it's like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like on Instagram. And it's like, You better come uh, up with it. It like quick. starts out like with the brain, then it goes like out to the human body, then it goes like in the outer space, then it goes in the, I don't know. Oh, now that you see, yes, you know that what I'm saying. That's like the, that's like the tools album. You're right. That, that, that's like <laughs> yeah. Here's opiate. It's just the brain, and then yeah, that's true. <laughs> we should make a post, dude, yeah. of that. All right, working it out, working out yeah. the social media is on the recording. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like out there, dude. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. Hold on, hold on. We're still talking May second, two thousand six. <laughs> Ten thousand days is number one album, number one song on the Billboard Hot one hundred SOS by Rihanna. You remember don't that song? It. Don't know. It. I mean, someone out there does, but I sure don't. Number one mainstream rock song. A little bit of foreshadowing. Did not do this on purpose. Since I told you it's foreshadowing, do you have any idea what it would be? Two thousand six. Macarena too. <laughs> that would be that would mean last week was foreshadowing. Yeah. Danny California. Oh, is number one for twelve weeks. It's a long time for any mainstream rock song. Yeah, that that's a good song. Yeah. So anyway, back to your because you asked me about my evolution, and then we were like, you know, let's talk about yours next week. So drummer evolution. Dude, Are you drummer, ready? Yeah, I want to hear it, dude. So you're younger than me, so. Theoretically, it's been a shorter episode. So how my music venture started was um, my dad played guitar, uh, five-string guitar, no high E string. Like, kind of like Presidents of the United yeah. States of America. Is that what they do? Uh, in their original album, they played three-string. Yeah, three string Jeff the Brotherhood guitar. does it too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, they're kind of newer band. Anyway, my dad had just had this old Ludwig drum set in the basement. He's like, hey, man, try to... He didn't say, hey, man. He's like, try to keep a beat, you know? And I was like, <laughs> and f- for a little bit, you know, I just worked the hi-hat and the snare. Then I would try to do the bass drum. I'd do the quarter notes. And that's when, like, my love for ACDC started. Because that's what it is. You yeah. Know, it's, it's a little bit more complex than that. Yeah. Like, the swing. There's a swing to ACDC yeah. that's really hard to mm-hmm. master. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of did that beat, and that became my love for rock. Right. I just loved ACDC. And then I started to get into, like, um, a little bit more metal stuff. 
mm-hmm. like Iron Maiden, some Metallica, Judas Priest, um, mostly 80s, uh, just metal, uh, White Stripes, remember playing too, early, this is early, and but me and my dad are jamming at the same time, you know, which uh, we just jammed a lot, like that's just what, like a lot, Yeah. you know, um, and then I was playing over with drums that like would fall over as I was playing and that made me like work on drums and learn how to tune the drums, oh, learn right. how to put them together, yeah. learn, buy new parts, kind of tinker with them. That's good. So, um, then I would, um, then got in high school, started playing with other musicians and we, you know, that's when I started playing different music, more obscure things, more, uh, like Nirvana, more yeah. um, stuff like that, some Pantera. Ooh. And then, um, and obviously some Metallica. Yeah. Obviously. Then I went and saw Metallica live. And that's like when I just like played every song by yeah. Metallica. I was obsessed with Metallica and bought every record. I probably had a few records. I had, um, I think I had like Master Puppets and Just for All the Black album. And then Death Magnetic came out, and I had Garage Days. Mm. And then um, just kind of doing that. And then I was playing with just people who um, didn't really consider themselves. I mean, there were just people who jammed and kind of wrote. Right. Never really, not a lot of theory people who were familiar with theory. Mm -hmm. Uh, Long story short, then I joined the Wet Bandits. Hell yeah. And that was a. uh, Kind of like a culture shock. Yeah. In a way, kind of. Yeah. Not really. I mean, I was cool with everybody, but I was like, right. this is a different kind of vibe, man. No one, people give a shit, you right. know? Right, yeah. You know, it's like, this doesn't feel good, man. And I'm <laughs> like, shit, man. And uh, it was just, I really learned how to play differently. Like, cut down on the chops, yeah. focus a different way, be more, way more disciplined. Yeah. And, uh... Which is funny, not to interrupt, but we've told this story before. You you were by far the most disciplined player we auditioned. <laughs> like we we auditioned like five drummers that day, and like Jeff, the bass player, said well, you were first, and he was like, "Do we really need to audition anyone uh-huh. else?" And we were like, "Yeah, they're coming. We might as well." And who knows? Maybe somebody's gonna blow us away. They were all awful, and I mean. They were all much older. So um, so even though you say, like, you had to be disciplined, like, you were already more disciplined than... But, dude, <laughs> the first couple... The first year was kind of rocky, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeff's a pain in the ass. He's yeah. a real Jerry Cantrell. <laughs> he is. I'm like, <laughs> dude! <laughs> but Jeff anyway. cracks the whip on every drummer. But, dude, I will, Jeff, if you're watching, man... Which you're probably not. Yeah, but Lisa, tell your tell your husband. Yeah, <laughs> he busted my ass, man. He, mm-hmm. he, I came to the show. I'm like, I got it. I went to the, every show better, man. Yeah, like I'm like I'm not gonna. F- I know the tempo for this song, right? You know. Well, and that's that's the key, and that's something. All maybe not you, but certainly the other four of us have lost. Like I haven't. This last weekend, 
which was a shit show, to be honest. <laughs> but this last weekend, I came to that weekend better than I'd been in a long time. Uh-huh. So uh, that's something the Wet Bandits and every band needs to get back to is like trying to be better at something. Yeah, every exactly. Um, but we're getting there. The passion, dude. Yes, I did not want because was, go ahead. Oh no, uh, I kept interrupting, dude. But, is that the end um, of your story? That's my story, but like I just um I always love the approach of being um simple, less is more mm-hmm. kind of things like that. Um leaving yeah. a lot of space in the songs. Yes. Never a technical person. Always wanted to play the song. Yeah. My dad uh, would stop playing. He's like, You're playing too many notes. I'm like <laughs> he didn't say it like that. But yeah. I was like No, I get you. I, yeah, I'm not even playing the song. And that's when I that's why I really like White Stripes and Black Keys because it's oh, so yeah. simple. Yeah. And Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, you kind of you said to me later after we recorded last week, like you should have gone in gone into your rig more. And I and I we didn't bring the camera around or anything, but talking about simplicity, that's the other way that I've evolved too. Is I went you know, I went through that half stack phase and all that. Yeah. The other phase that we went through in high school and college was how many effects pedals uh-huh. that was like well you need all these sounds and stuff and o- only later and now have i figured out the the goal is to have as little pedal action as possible get get the sound you need with as little mess in the middle as you can so it's kind of a similar thing yeah um yeah but i'm sure we'll talk gear at some point for all you gearheads out there just Def. kidding i'm not a gearhead i can tell you what i have I kinda and that's am. about it i'm some semi gearhead good because i'm um, i'm i'm interested in that stuff it's just not me you know yeah so you ready to get into this album now dude you think of uh the album <laughs> <laughs> okay back to Ten Thousand days we are 26 minutes deep into this episode that's the way we like it Ten Thousand days starts well i i remember hearing vicarious for the first yeah tell time. me how like when this album came out well you just ate lateral alice yeah just ate it for breakfast yeah and like and lunch and dinner for five years yeah so right? what was this anticipation? hotly anticipated i yeah. was listening i was on my way i was teaching school i was on my way to work i was listening to a show called the grego show which was on the blitz loved grego Still one of the better morning shows I remember is mm-hmm. Grego and Mo and Shannon was like the girl. It would not go over well today. Very like, uh, sort of like male chauvinist. Oh you know, yeah. It's kind of like Columbus's version of Howard Stern or whatever, mm-hmm. but not, um, Grego mysteriously left that something happened there, like sexual harassment or something. Grego is gone now, but anyway, this show premiered on the Blitz on their show on my way to school. So it's like six in the morning and they're like, we got this new song from tool and it started like this. Lots of marinated. 
And then it goes on for six more minutes. Um, so what did you think about that? Oh, it blew my mind. I loved it from the get-go. Uh-huh. Um, there's, kind of, go ahead. Oh, it's kind of like on the same track in a way. Different uh, tone, kind of, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. I, I have a lot to say about Vicarious. And I, I, I'm trying not to like let it all out at once, but I don't know do how it, else puke. to do it. Puke. I'm going to puke this out about Vicarious, okay? Uh, Vicarious as a song is a great representation of why I think Tool is such a good group. Mm. As we've gone through these albums and, you know, we, we, we start Undertow. It's like great first five or six songs. And then you, we kind of lost steam. The episode lost steam. Anima, same thing. Great first six, seven songs. We lose a little steam getting to the end of it. Not that it's not good, but it's like you're almost like tired of talking about it. Lateralis, even maybe the most like that. You got the grudge kicking it off and you got schism and you got parabola and then you got lateralis, which is good, but we don't have a lot to say about it. And then mm-hmm. you get to the end and it's like you get this trio of songs that are weird and not high energy and Thinks, it just peters out. Makes your mind think you're in a video game or yes, something. Yes, <laughs> right. What's gr- the reason, even though I can listen to Throwing Copper or a bunch of like live is a good example. Like I love live, but they're not in my they're not my fourth favorite band like Tool. It's not it's not necessarily the whole the album as a whole. Because they are I would say they're probably like masterpieces, but like they're not an easy listen the whole way through. Mm. But what makes Tool great is I hate to equate everything to a movie, but I think people can relate to this. Like I love uh, Karate Kid's my favorite movie of yeah, all time. Yeah. And if I'm sitting down with somebody who hasn't seen it, I'm going to do stuff like, watch this part. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, oh, this part's great. Dude, check. Shut up for a second. This part's great, right? Like slapping your friend. Right. Like, stop yeah. and pay attention to this part because it's good. He's about to say, wax on, wax off. Uh-huh. Or he's about to give him the crane kick to the middle of the forehead, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, or Daniel's about to do the worst on-screen kiss ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's about to eat her face. <laughs> and it's the same thing with Tool songs, and especially Vicarious. It's like, if you're listening to somebody, you got to be like, hold on, i got to pause it and go back. Listen yeah, to what no, they I do No, I see here. what you're saying, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Tool Do you has, hear that? <laughs> there are so many moments where you got to stop and go yeah. back and be like, did you hear that? Listen to that again. Vicarious has like 10 of them in, the so- in like one song. Like very unique parts yeah. of the songs that, that, that they don't repeat. Right. They know? don't repeat it. Nobody yeah. else would try it. Nobody else can do it. And it's just so cool. That's why Tool are so good. But because you can you, you can find that in all their albums. Um, I think that's just a common quality in, new, in good, really good music. 100%. You know what I mean? Like old, just old songs. Like even when I'm listening to like drummers, like, just a weird ghost note, yeah. like Phil with the hi hat. Mike, holy shit, man! That that was genius. Yeah, and I, I. That's just a common quality in good music. Right. Sure. I would argue that per song, Tool outdoes most bands. Like per Tool, Vicarious. I know I said ten earlier. Without going through it and boring everyone, I bet I bet I could find five in that one song. Usually. I think a song's pretty damn good if you can do it once. Make me stop and be like, listen to that again. 
Vicarious has at least five. Um, it's just, it's such a killer song. Yeah. Uh, I, I will add, this is another of my uh, sort of like vomiting praise on Vicarious. I think it's the best song I've, I bet it, I think it's the best rock song written in my lifetime. Really? I do. And I don't. Is it the message in it? Is it the no, instruments? No. I'm glad you yeah. asked because I was going to get to that too. There are many parts of a song that, that, f- that work into that, right? And I'm only basing that qualification on songs. What's great about music, not to get emotional, but what's great <laughs> about music is that it elicits certain emotions from people. Yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes you can't describe them. And I can't describe always why I like certain songs. Yeah. A lot of people will describe it as that, like that feeling of like Dude, you run through a wall. It's a goosebump factor, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's a goosebump factor or something like that. The and, GF. And, and whether it's that alone or some other combination of emotions and, and feelings you get, like I can just tell that Vicarious is a great song. And whether it's, it's a combination of the melody, the rhythms the the recording like uh, the quality whatever i can't put another i can't say objectively for me another song's better than that one yeah. i think it's the best song written in my life really yeah that doesn't mean i would listen to it it's, well it's, you it's, can't listen to it all the time yeah, just you, like a good movie yeah you know right you, you like star wars for me like you can't watch it every day yeah like the karate kid for you you can't yeah. you can't motherfucking watch no you can't watch kid. it all the time I, and I'm not even, I don't think I'm even saying it's my favorite song, I, but I, but think I know it's what the you're best. saying. Yeah. I think it's the best. It presses every button I wanted to. I've mentioned before with Anima. But what are the buttons? Tell us what the buttons the are. The songwriting is tight as hell. Like uh, they move from point to point to point to point and they, they just press every button just right. Right. We're not going to listen to the whole seven minute song, even though we're going to probably talk about the song for more than seven minutes. It, it's got that. Every part seems to change just a little bit, and it always works. And but they also play the emotion card just right. I am gonna play one part, the part that I would like tell some. Oh, stop and listen to this. Actually, there's like two or three at the end. But I'm gonna fast forward to six twenty three. This is kind of like the emotional climax of the song, climax of your dong. And <laughs> just kidding, that is something that only applies to ballads. Um, so what happens is you go through. Um, a solo section, like an instrumental section. Um, then there's a little breakdown and it's quiet. And there's of course a crescendo and a long build like tool are known to do. And then you'll hear the chorus come back in, uh, long and strong here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, just even that little drum fill they do. They don't do it in any other part of the song. Like, and it's perfect. It's just right for that part of the song. Yeah. Um, and they could have not done that. Uh, they could have just, it's, I forget what the lyrics are. He says vampire. It's like, vampire. Dude. So what you're saying. They could have just gone straight to the chorus and had him go, because that's what they did the rest of yeah. the song, but they threw this. Other I see thing in why there. you're so nervous about this new album now, right? You know what I mean? 
because it's got to be just right. <laughs> you know, they they got to to steal from blank check. They got to put just the right amount of paprika on the sandwich, you know, which is rough. Dude, you can't taste that shit anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it comes to another part that I want to talk about with Tool. They do this sweet riff at the end of the song. We're going to listen to it here. It's, it goes to the very end. Quick pause because it's happening Boom. right Boom. here. Holy crap, That's you crazy. guys. Now, that might not sound that crazy to you, but there was a lot of fast stuff happening there. And we talked last week about how Schism has the guitar picking and the bass and the drums all in unison, like uh -huh. all at the same time. And what was impressive about it was how tight and together it was. I remember uh, listening to Vicarious. I used to have this tool. It's, not, it's a like a CD player, basically. But it was called a guitar buddy, and it would you don't need this technology now because computers can do it much easier and cheaper, but it could slow CDs down. So you could practice songs like at the same pitch, but slowing the CD down. And I, would, I think I was learning like the solo at the end of Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. Uh -huh. And there's a lot of slop in there. Like when you'd slow it down, it almost got like so garbled that you it was almost like you couldn't even hear it as well. Because nothing was tight enough, and you lost track of the guitar. Um, Vicarious is so tight at the end of this song. Here is that last little bit slowed down by 25%. Like, you can hear the reverb, the like vibrations yeah. of it, but all together. Like, that's when you're the shit, when you can do that. Now, I know it would have been more effective if I could have played Paradise City for you, but I, I couldn't find it. Uh -huh. <laughs> it just sat, and it was just a mess. It was just a mess. But you slow that down, and it's so tight. Um, phrase cool, I used man. last week, tight as an asshole. What? <laughs> so good. I think I've said all I need to say Jombie, about Vicarious. Bro. Are, are you ready for the next one? The second Is that how song, you say it? Yeah, it's Jombie. Little piece of... I always thought it was... I didn't know what Jombie was referencing. I was familiar with a Jombie, the genie from Pee-wee's Playhouse. That's Turns right. out that's what they're referencing. Really? Yeah. Dude, they're so cool. <laughs> dude, this riff, dude. Okay, we are only, uh, we were about seven seconds in before I had to stop and say, listen to that again. When that bass yeah. comes in, it's like, <laughs> let's hear it again, guys. We won't do this the whole episode, I promise. Probably. Dude, this, this like drum the, part is wild. This is the whole thing of layering music. Infinite 
I know. It's so rough. I mean, we could listen to the whole thing, but we can't. Dude, it's so good. It is so like that's such a tool song. It's yes, it's so simple, but like if you asked a bunch of like weekend warrior bands around yeah. town to play it, no one could get through twenty seconds. No one. That's so wild. Just it sounds so easy, but j- even just hitting that bass drum, like evenly yeah. while that same guitar part is going on Fucks like with their brain th- those those two y- yeah you're counting you're not listening to it's each like halftime i think yeah oh my gosh because i was like listening to the car i'm like all right so my but question for you oh go ahead just the space he leaves out is so yeah. awkward yes but it sounds so good yes what's the best part of that song do you think dude i know what you're gonna say what part the talk box bro darn right here we go bro <laughs> Actually, sorry, hard pause. This is better. I mean, the talk box part comes right after this, and it's great. But just the breakdown yeah. is the best okay. part. It doesn't hit on, like, every... Dude, and how badass is that bass in here too? I know. I was just so thumpy. Dude, it is thumpy, dude. Thump thumpy. and that's a thing that a lot of metal bands don't have is like a thick bass. Yeah. But this is thick. Dude, it is thick. This But what like what you were saying in the last episode, like they're choosing not to put like a rhythm guitar behind it. They're choosing to be like more classic yeah rock approach yeah and th- this is better yeah like if they had the guitar going which be, is a badass it'd be part too, uh, yeah a little too juicy yeah way too juicy you i know. agree uh i hate it almost to- too much pulp you know like yeah you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah but my favorite part of the song is definitely just like the intro the yeah first second yeah <laughs> it is sweet it is sweet um then you have a two-parter yeah they're named different things. One's called Wings for Marie, part one. The other is 10,000 Days, the titular song. Um, this is about Maynard's mom dying, which is, that's what 10,000 Days is referring to. So uh, I don't know if we mentioned this, this on Anima, but the song Jimmy is about Maynard's mom also. So uh, Maynard's, Maynard James Keenan um, and his uh so jimmy is him mm-hmm. like when the song the song uh jimmy is about maynard finding out that his mom um was dying or not not that she was dying but uh that she had god i'm trying to look it up i forget do you do you remember what disease she had it's not multiple sclerosis she, it's something rare something though like like she lost 
like I think function in her body or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah, one of these like terrible I it's terrible honestly that I forgot to look this up, but um but uh the the song Judith by um her name was Judith and that's what the perfect circle song um is is about her as well. So obviously his mother uh was an impact. Yeah, she was she was paralyzed in 1976. Mm. Um and uh Oh my gosh, I'm I'm still trying to hunt this down. I this is bad radio. Do you have anything to say? Um, <laughs> um Well, I made sure to listen to this two-parter before this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's such a big part of the album. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. It really is, you mm-hmm. know. It's uh, no, you're right. what what is it like close to 20 minutes yeah it, in total yeah yeah it's like 19 18 and a half 19 yeah. minutes but i uh, appreciate that in music i'm always looking like i love builds and songs and this is the biggest build you're probably ever going to get yeah um and then once it crosses over the ten thousand days it kind of starts to pick up a little bit and yeah what wheezy always says is uh you know tools like Pink Floyd and this is a example of how tools like Pink Floyd you know they really uh put the songs together. Yeah, that's true. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? No, a hundred percent. Um, so uh, well, this said she is she had a stroke. Um, but anyway, she was when Maynard was eleven. She uh, she was paralyzed had a stroke and and never lived like a like a regular fun you know i think he felt like she was living a full life because you know she was still mentally there and all that but um a sad situation to be sure right um ten thousand days is roughly the number of days from the time she had that stroke to when she died so that's what. So when the line is ten thousand days in the fire is long enough, you're going home. That's what he's t- like. You've had enough of this, like suffering. It's time for you to, like, be released or whatever. And the final line is hallelujah. Uh, it's time for you to go back home or what again? Mm-hmm. Like using the home reference. But point is that uh, you get the sense that Maynard at least has a rough relationship with religion or christianity uh eulogy um from anima he says get off your fucking cross like he so there is uh like a lot of rock stars there's like a tough relationship with religion or whatever but um this seems to be like somewhat of a i don't i hate to analyze his lyrics and his art or whatever but for those of you know some people might be listening to it and wondering like what it's referring to and that seems to be uh what he's referring i think he was pretty explicit more explicit than he ever is about anything that these two songs are for and about his mother um i don't know if we need there's not it's hard to listen to bits of either one yeah wings for marie the part one there not much happens there's one part that Mm. like rocks really hard but it's only for like five seconds and then the 11 minute part two is more of the mover of the like two play a little bit of the part two the at second the end. One. So th- yeah near the it's, end it's like a seems like a like a hypnosis feel because like, yeah. going like it, this is I, good I, I thought of it like manic depression kind of feel you know, know what i'm saying yes 
Yeah, sorry. Say, say that again. It might have been like, like a manic depression. Yeah, By great Jimmy guitar Hendrix. solo. Here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. How is this live? It was good. I saw it live. The first time I saw Tool was after it was on this tour. And it was good. They did both live. Yeah. Um, they don't do it anymore, I don't uh-huh. think, because it's not the most exciting thing they do. But. but was it cool? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, of course it was cool. It was Tool, so it was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, but you get the idea. It's a little bit more of a mover, whereas Wing for Marie is a lot more static and i think what's cool is the song after this oh my god good good intro am i right yeah yeah here we go it's such a reward oh i wanted that to stop i'm gonna do it again for you who are you to wave your finger you must have been out your head i hold it Sweet bass part. So gnarly, dude. Yeah, dude. This song is, and Vicarious, is supposedly about George Bush. What about him? Um, well, Vicarious uh, is supposed to be sung, like, supposedly, through his eyes. Like, ver- vicariously, I watch while the whole world dies. Is kind of, that it's supposed to be George Bush saying that. And then, foot in mouth and head up ass, what you talking about? Like, this is supposed to be someone talking, you must have been high, like, talking to George Bush. Uh-huh. Um, so, not big George Bush fans. Um, I don't care one way or the other really like um tool this is their most like explicit like these songs are about something yeah album uh maynard's usually pretty like uh discreet or a Uh, little more mysterious about his lyrics but so i'm i'm not into his lyrics really um but song's cool whatever you know what you drinking over there bro i'm drinking this is a moscow mule that i've had in my uh had in my refrigerator at home for a really long time. Yeah. It's pretty good though. I, I prefer ones that I make myself to this pre-mixed one, but I saw it at world market and I was like, Hey, Oh, let me try that. It's okay. What you got over there? Tough Dude, guy. White claw, bro. Oh, yeah. Super tough. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what the coolest part of the pot is? It's about at five minutes. What'd you say? Oh, the, The, the cool thing is, is um, 
live they extended that pause. Everybody thought it was over. Not really though. Everybody's really cheering. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, is the song over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. If you couldn't hear, yeah. we were talking over it a little bit, but Sam said the cool part was when we saw it live, they held out that long pause for a really long time, which is a classic rock yeah. and roll thing to do. Um, the other thing I like about it is that they come back in with a verse there and they change it just a little bit. They hold the chords out oh. um, rather than just doing the riff. They hold these big chords out over the verse, which that's another example of just like, hey, listen to this. They're doing something different there. Yeah. Like they put some thought into that. That gem, dude. <clears throat> yep. That's a nice, tight six minute, 20 second single for for tool there um so yeah that's a great song good song yeah then you get two that aren't real songs we usually skip those on here what's next like the weird little like uh yeah it sounds like i don't know where this song is this word is coming from my brain but it's like chakra yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm scaring off the evil spirits or i'm bringing them here yeah when I hear this, I think of Jacob Marley in A Christmas Carol, like carrying Dude, his chains behind him. Dude, I don't. I think of like him. ghosts. That's what Jacob Marley is oh, a ghost yeah. in that. Yeah. <laughs> dude, are you sure you're not a ghost, dude? I'm not positive. <laughs> I'm not positive. Um, and then you get another one that's not a song, and then you get to Rosetta Stone. No, play the play the one. The, okay. That's the Doctor one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Doctor. What's the problem? Uh, more of a situation. Do you know where that happens? It's like super close. Like go, uh, where, where are you at right now? T- 13 seconds. Okay, go like 40. Okay, go uh, like a minute and 12 seconds. <laughs> you guys enjoying feeling this out with <laughs> Same thing. All right, go like two minutes. Go like 150. All right. It, it has to be at the end. Yeah, okay. Go back. Such the intro to Rosetta Stoned. Yeah. Because to me, like, Sorry to make this, you all this, listen this to guy that. is like catatonic. <laughs> yeah. He can't speak, and Rosetta Stone is all about like language and communication. Right. You know? Yeah. So, like, dude, this guy's super stoned. We're just can't talk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was some, by the way, some poor acting on that female's. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to Rosetta Stoned. An 11 minute opus. We have to play the drum, the drum roll. At the beginning? No, like oh, the famous one that breaks down the subs. You know what I'm talking about? Thank you. 
So there's a lot of this like multi-layered talking in this song. In fact, that's what most of the lyrics are. Um, what what part are you talking about? The drum fill. What do you mean by the fill? The the part, the breakdown part. Maybe. Well, I'll show you what I think is the best part, and we'll see if we agree. Dude, it's definitely the drum fill, bro. All right, here here's the best part of the song. Okay, it takes seven minutes to get there, but just just listen to this this is the perfect example outside of vicarious here's like dude listen to this it's good i think what i'm talking about is before this okay we'll get to it later then oh yeah was that a recorder Oh, that? No, that's a guitar, I think. Really? No, but what's sweet about it, all those changing rhythm figures. Like, it doesn't sound difficult until you try to pad out on your knees or yeah. something, the bass part. It's like later than you think it is. Yeah, yeah. It's changing meter or time signatures, and that part is so sweet. This is a touchscreen. Quit pointing... Did that make you mad? <laughs> no, you didn't make me mad, but... Oh, this? Back. 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 Hey, if you're going to call up parts of the song, you got to plan these out ahead of time like me. I do. <laughs> Back. <laughs> Back. No, play. Back, maybe? Dude, we've already gone back like four minutes. This is it. This is it. That's yeah. legendary in drum world. Play it again. Yeah, because that he is just sweet. breaks down the subdivisions. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Every single yeah. Listen, it's for those of you who aren't drum, and I'm not a drummer either, but I know what Sam's talking about. Just listen from the beginning, and it's it's all even pretty much until he gets to the end, and then it breaks down into different subdivisions. So listen to this. So crazy. he's not slowing down. No. He's just doing different subdivisions yeah. to make it sound like he's slowing down. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty good. You're right. That is pretty good. Yeah. I think the average person will enjoy my part. Yeah. But but the musician will like yeah. that. That is that is sweet. I I've never paid attention to that before. That is sweet. Um that song is 11 minutes long. It's I think it's maybe Tool's best 11 minute song that I know. Even though there's hardly any melody or lyrics, like it moves the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's if if a 11 minute song can have tight songwriting, that's the one. Then you have intention, which is seven minutes and 20 seconds, which is kind of a song. Uh, it's an instrumental, but it's kind of I don't know if we want to. There's not much to listen to about this one. Do you have anything to Play say about it. this? Whoops. Oh, this song. Does it pick up? I forget. Not really. 
not a whispering. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. Um, it's mostly this. There is singing. Like, it's kind of a. It's a song like the trio of songs at the end of Lateral. It's kind of like Radiohead. You know, like, you really benefit from, like, listening through headphones. Yeah. You know, you yeah, know what I mean? That's true. Because you can't play, like, really this song in your car. Yeah, you'll the sound of the road will yeah. bury a lot of this. Um, so, the the last one that's a real song on here is called Right In 2. Are you a Right In 2 fan? Oh, yeah. Me too. I it's, like the song. It's nine minutes, but it doesn't feel... It feels like it's short somehow. Um, we won't listen to... We've gone... We've gone a little longer than usual, just sort of like listening to different clips. But right that's in, what it takes to... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the tool. but what you all have to do at home is listen to these on your own. Like, go buy a Tool album, and I, I've been very invest in yourself. I've been and reading buy a, a Tool album. I've been reading a book about the that mathematics of that, like lifestyle problem solving. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, lifestyle. That's a bad way to describe it. But anyway, uh, realistic problem solving. Okay, uh-huh. and. Uh, one one of the problems very appropriately is called the one armed bandit problem, dude. Which is essentially the hashtag. The, yeah, one <laughs> hashtag one armed bandit. Which is in in this case, the one armed bandit is the reason they call it that is because they're referring to a slot machine. So and the the problem the pr- problem presented to the person is, if you are on a slot machine, when do you decide to move to another slot machine, or stay at the slot, or decide you found a hot machine? Right. And I, I'm thinking about how to equate this to listening to tool. How long do you invest in tool before you decide if you like them or not? I would say you, you got to give yourself, you got to give yourself a half an hour. Just listen to a half an hour of tool. Which album would you buy? Like, Hey, I'm looking to invest in my musical. It would depend on the person, obviously, but let's anybody. The general. If, okay, if I had no idea who the person was, and I was like, I, my life depends on this person liking Tool. Yeah. Is it I Anima? Would, probably. Probably Anima. Because it's the most, I think it's the radio-friendly one. Uh-huh. Of, you could say Undertow, too, and just hope you got a real metalhead. But I, I think Anima... Yeah. Is that what you would rank first? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, we got to get to the strength of right in two for me, which is this part. It's so much. Sam said, you probably couldn't hear. He said so much riffage. And it is, but it's also, I talked in the Undertow episode about how I didn't really like Sober, but now I kind of see it as a master class in writing, taking a song that's two chords as close together as possible and making it into a somewhat complicated sounding song. This is the same thing. Like, he's playing 
he's playing two notes, but they're just octaves of one another. So they would be named the same thing, like E's. They're both E's. Boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom. And then it changes a little bit later. It's boom, boom, It's just the same note, just different octaves. So heavy. And it's so heavy and so hard. Whoa, that's two. The other thing he does... Uh, at, this is Adam Jones, the guitar player. The other thing he does a lot is most of these songs are in the same key. Like most of them are in drop D or E, and and so they're it, what you would you wouldn't really call them open tunings, but like they're in the key of the lowest string open, right? And which is Adam Jones is friends with Tom Morello. That's also a Rage Against the Machine thing. Like they they write songs that are in somehow sound different and unique but they're all the same key kind of uh so it's just another impressive thing they do tool dude, rules man dude rules with the z yeah really really hard um then the last song it means 23 um i think that's italian i don't know but it's not it's not a song right into the last song play it play the last track I'm going to skip to the middle of it, see if anything's happening. Oh, like a drone. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) Robot farts. Monster shit and robot farts. Dude, what have (laughs) we done? We didn't do anything, did we? (laughs) What have we done to Mother Earth? (laughs) All the horror. What? The horror. What? The horror. <laughs> it's no time for. <laughs> it's no time for fucking imitations. Oh right, sorry. That's our last tenacious D bit for this mini series. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So that gets us. That gets us to the end of ten thousand days. Um. Big bigger thumbs up than I thought going in. Uh, that's why my anticipation of Fear Inoculum has increased. Going into this in my head, I was actually like. I've kind of said that their songwriting has evolved, but from Anima to Lateralis, I kind of felt like we went from tighter songwriting to way too, a little too loose, like too much like sound and emotion building for the sake of doing it. And so things would marinate a little too long. And in my mind, 10,000 days did the same thing, except even more. And I don't feel that way after listening to it now. No, I, I don't feel Lateral like that. Alice is definitely the more spacey record. Me too. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, and so my worry to put a just to put a finer point on it was that Fear Inoculum would be even more like spacey. You know, if if which I don't is, think it is, man. Hopefully not. I but think, that's something I, I think, we'll talk about. I think about. the songs will be longer. Yeah. But they'll be like punchy, more like Rosetta Stone. Yeah, that has yeah. some punch to it and yeah. moves the whole time. Hopefully, uh, so I guess we'll find out. We will dude. find out. I think the plan. We haven't talked about this, but I think the plan is to do a reaction episode when it comes out on Friday. Uh-huh. Just kind of like record something either while we listen to it do or right after. No, we have a gig that Saturday, but not Friday, so we can listen to it, react to it, maybe do a little emergency minisode. And then release a real episode on the normal day. Yeah. I think that's the plan. Um, but along with that, we're going to do, we're probably going to redo rankings again 
next week or two episodes from now, whichever one is the more official Fear Inoculum episode. But uh, but I think we should rank them now because we won't, you know, we've talked about how much you have to listen to Tool. Like, we will not have a clear vision of what Fear Inoculum is, even after three days. So this is the clearest we can be about all these albums in their entirety. So, oh, wait, hold on. Stop the tape. Don't really stop it. First, we got to do Cover Cut and Hidden Gem. Singles off this album, Vicarious, Jombie, The Pot, which really only leaves like... (laughs) 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 Um, Let me make... You know, I'm just saying that because I think that's true. Let me make sure that I'm right about that because that might open up some possibilities for us. Uh, Hopefully. Oh, no. Was there no singles? No, I'm worried. Uh, Rosetta Stone is listened here. It can't possibly be a single. Yeah, I don't think so. I, if I had to cover one, it'd be Jombie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. My cover's the pot. It, really it's, good one. It's the most. It sounds the Known. most like a '90s yeah. song, and and we could do it. Like we really could. I mean, we couldn't well, get that sound right. Definitely but. the pot, but John be like in a garage, just yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. gonna cover for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. All right. So what um, song are you cutting? I'm not gonna cut any, dude. It's really hard because it can't. It's all part of the. I'm gonna feel like an asshole if I cut tracks three and four. Right. You know, because right. and you can't. You can't cut. Well, both of them because yeah. it's then it's not a song. Well, and it's always with Tool. It's always like, well, which ones count as songs? Yeah. No, I was gonna cheat kind of and cut Intention because Intention has lyrics. It's barely a song. But let's say, for the sake of argument, Vicarious, Jombie, Wings for Marie, One and Two, The Pot, Rosetta Stone, and Right in Two are the only ones you could choose. I'd cut Wings for Marie Part One. Part two is the one that moves. I guess, but it's the lyrics, man. I know. You know. I know, but all the other ones are pretty great. Yeah. So, you know, if you got to choose one, I guess that's the one I'd choose. Yeah. I don't know. Because I stand, like, when I do cover cut, hidden gem, I stand by. Like, I do it. Yeah. You got to choose it. Yeah, I'm just too scared. You are too scared. Okay. Last. Hidden gem. You can choose anything but vicarious jombie in the pot obviously rosetta stoned i think mine's right in too oh really rosetta stone is the bomb like i love that song. yeah but i love writing too also it's good They're both good yeah dude i love adam jones yeah he's really good he is really good he's not a shredder but he no. does it he touches all the right buttons yeah like he knows all the combos. Right. Yep. That's the thing. Maynard is the weak part of Tool. People love Maynard. In a way, but like, dude, you can't do it without him. I don't no, think. no, no, no. I'm not saying he's bad. Yeah. I'm just saying like people kiss Maynard's ass. Oh. And they could do it with a different singer. But Danny Carey, who are you gonna put? Danny Carey's almost like I'm just gonna say it like the backbone, like yeah. bro. And it's like, clear, it's clear that they know that. Like, like when we live, saw them live, yeah. like Danny like, Carey was the sh- like they did Danny Carey drum solo. Like yeah, he was the show. It was the Danny Carey show with Tool. 
you dude, know he is insane yeah dude. the bass player justin chancellor he's good also rules and adam jones like adam jones is the sound of tool they're almost you know? like led zeppelin man i mean they they, they kind of are in this time like yeah this is like the first band where i've like i've i've thought about this a lot i'm like no one could be replaceable in this band yeah yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. yep i know that they went through like a bass lineup change but like yeah. without justin chancellor uh-huh has made so many unique bass riffs you can't get right. rid of him yep you know he he almost he's almost credible for the sound of tool you're no you're you know right what i mean you're right because because they were a different band yeah on undertow and opiate they yeah were a different band and then you got a song like 46 and 2 and then yeah. schism and yeah. then you know like yeah. it just builds you no, know you're right yeah that's all true yeah so that's a good point so yeah it's all true very strong you know what i think tool is a good band i'm gonna go out on a limb Say yeah. Tool is good, right? No. <laughs> no, they suck. Um, no, they're great. They're great. <laughs> Which brings us to our rankings. I have my rankings. All right. One to five. Uh, do you want to, last time we went five to one, do you want to go five to one again or do you want to go one to five? Let's do it the other way. Which way is the other way? One, one to, to five. five? All right, let's go one to five. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? What do you think? Dude, I don't care. Dude. I'll go first. Number one. My number one Tool album. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen to this. You're not going to listen. So no, you have so to listen because we have to react. All right. Or do you want... No, we can't work this out right now. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> go. Go. Hit 10,000 Days. That's number one. Okay. 10,000 Days. Anima, number two. Lateralis, number three. Opiate, number four. Undertow, number five. Yeah. What you got? <laughs> probably lateral Alice is number one okay onima's number two ten thousand days undertow the opiate yeah okay so we disagree on a couple things obviously the first one so ten thousand days i'm as surprised as you are that that was my favorite but I, I alluded to it a little earlier in the episode where yeah right we kind of yeah. like got to the end of some of these albums and like lost steam. Ten thousand days doesn't really lose steam. I love right into Rosetta Stone is great too. It's it feels shorter. It feels like there's less to it, but like it ha- for me it has the best parts of Anima and Lateralis put together. You know a what? A little bit of tight songwriting and still spacey, kind of like right. Lateralis. I switch my Anima with Ten Thousand Days. Okay, so yeah. Anima's third. Uh, but Lateralis, I actually do like the songs, like the triad, because I like yeah. that stuff. I like the trippy lava, yeah. lava rock drums. And I'm not as into it as much as yeah, you are. So. But um, and I think most Tool fans. And music critics in general would agree with you that but, Lateralis is the masterpiece of them. But the thing is, is like I like Lateralis's song was the first Tool song I heard. You know, right. it wasn't Schism, it wasn't Parabola, right? And I love the Grudge, you dude. Know? The Grudge. I mean, if we were gonna rank songs, yeah, the Grudge might be like, well, Vicarious is number one. The Grudge might be number two, though. Yeah, the Grudge is. And I love the alien thing at right. the end of it. Yeah, and then um. Like really, 
Jombie and Rosetta Stone and uh, Vicarious. I mean, the whole album is really good for yeah. 10,000 Days, and uh-huh. I like the riffage that's going on. Yeah. Anima, I kind of get a little sidetracked because I, it, like you were saying, it's a little more tight. Yeah. It's a little bit less spacey, but I yep. like the spaciness. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, And for me, the reason Opiate gets the little nod over Undertow is because I... Sweat is just okay, but but I like it. I pretty much like Opiate in its entirety. Yeah. And Undertow really drags for me at the end. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, So I'm just not... I'm not as crazy about Undertow as but the people who were loved Tool from the get-go. Prison Sex is what? Prison Sex rules. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the song, not the act. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Dude, we're almost done with Tool, but we got one more album to do, and we don't know a we don't know a second we know song. We know, we know one song. Do you ha- did you listen? No. Yeah. I've I've heard two songs live, and I kind of don't want to. I'm kind. I want to. I don't want to dip my toes in it. Uh-huh. I want to dive in head first, right? Yeah. That's how I'm doing it. Um. So yeah. A a week from two days from now, <laughs> a week from Friday. It's we're recording on a Wednesday. A week from Friday, that'll come out. We're gonna try to find a way to get together, maybe early afternoon, and just listen to it and watch the videos on the CD case somehow or something, and uh, we'll come at you with new ep. Dude, new bump up. those listens up at the last second. <laughs> Boost. <laughs> bump boost. Those downloads. All right. So, so dude, I think that's what we're get wet, dude. I haven't started the song yet, but definitely get wet. I got a story. boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. I got a story, a story once was told. Two young boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. Hey, yeah. I got a story A story once was sold Two young boys go into the liquor store Where they sold their souls I got a story A story once was sold Two young boys go into the liquor store they sold their 